to ask yourself, what do you not want to sound like? Because when the world is so full of options, start with what do you not want to be? I think my favorite brand ever is uh, Lush, <laughs> the, cosmetic, the UK cosmetic company. But there, it's not just their brand voice, it's everything. I am today joined by Livia. She is a content writer, content strategist, and she takes businesses from local to global. And we're talking brand voice. We're talking all the little juicy things that take your business and your brand from just kind of like everyone else to really giving it its unique personality and giving it its it's the difference between being the side character and the memorable character that everyone loves by the end of a book. Liv, how are you? Hey, hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. It's unfortunately winter, which means it's going to rain here till 2024. So it's about lighting candles. That's that's how I am, is all my candles are now it. lit every day. I love it. I envy you right now because we're going into summer and it's like Australian summer's great but it's just like oh my gosh I want my European winter <laughs> is that too much to ask I don't I'm okay can we swap I'm okay with swapping I want my <laughs> flights tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> but I want to jump straight in to your no before we even jump into your journey and what that's been What is a brand voice? Because I can say really easily that it's this backbone of the personality of your brand, but I want to go deeper. What is a brand voice? Well, when you you write online, you probably want your voice to sound a specific way when you write. Like you want to communicate certain aspects of your brand. So your brand voice is equal to your personality. It's how you show up across all forms of communication from your website copy to a LinkedIn post to blogs to newsletters. Um, But to make it even more concrete, imagine you're going to a dinner party. How would you show up? How would people describe you? Are you outgoing and loud? Are you the bubbly one talking with everybody? Or are you more calm and reflective and watching the room? Are there certain things you would want to not talk about? Are there certain topics that you would actively want to discuss? All of that, all of those aspects, that dinner party guest is like your brand voice. It represents who you are and how you show up to the general public. So what do we need? <laughs> what do we need brand voice? I mean, I'll keep that one simple. Uh, I think you highlighted it at the beginning as well, but pretty much if you want to attract your target audience, repel non-ideal clients, be known for your personality and expertise, be easy to remember and hard to copy, then you need a brand love voice. It. I love it. And how can I wield it? How can I will the brand voice? Because great, I got some words, got some words, got some definitions together, got some deep dive stuff. But then, how do I wield it? How do I use this? I mean, it's it's a good question, but the answer is pretty simple. Honestly, it's it's practice um, and also education. So if you're a one person show, great, you know the words you want to use. However, if you're more than a one person show, then everybody else needs to also know those words that you want to come off as. Um, So it starts with educating your team. Um, So ideally, your brand voice, it's also written down into brand guidelines. And so it really outlines, you know, if you want to be fun, what does that mean? Do you make jokes? Do you are you sarcastic? Like, you know, what does that do we not make jokes? Or do we steer clear of certain jokes, like elements like that, details like that, write it all down. But then to wield it, it really starts with 
whoever really understands it, like I'm going to talk about a like, multi-person company here, not just freelancers, whoever really understands it needs to be then responsible for it. So ideally the CMO, um, if they really have an understanding and a vision of how it should be, they are then the final editor. So start with, yeah, you, you work with a writer, have them practice it and have give them a lot of edits to understand. We'll see when we mean fun, this is a bit too much of a punchy joke. We don't want that. We actually would prefer you to phrase it like this. So, you know, the first few rounds of con- written content will probably involve a few extra edits while you also keep educating your team. And then, um, yeah, after a while, the you know, people will be up to date and the wheels will be going, but practice ultimately. And then one person being responsible for ensuring that consistent brand messaging across everything. So somebody else, you know, a salesperson wants to update the message, make sure that somebody from that hasn't clear idea of the brand voice also reads it so that they can be like, oh, okay, yeah, I love the message, but the words are not quite right. Do you mind if I change them to be sure that it's on brand? Yeah. And how do I define these traits? How do I define these? Where do I start? To ask yourself, what do you not want to sound like? Because the, when the world is so full of options, Start with, what do you not want to be? Maybe you don't want to be fun. Maybe you don't want to be sarcastic. Maybe you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to come off as too adventurous. Um, so what do you not want to sound like? So you've already, you know, know, okay, these are things we do not want to be and we want to steer pretty clear of. And then from there, um, you can gather your, well, just yourself or your team of decision makers and ask yourself some some reflective questions, such as when people interact with my brand, how do I want them to feel? What adjectives would I wish to use to describe my brand? What does my competition sound like? And how can I be different? And if my brand were a celebrity, who would I want to be? So asking yourself those, you'll start seeing themes of words that'll come up um, because things will start aligning and make sure that those themes are quite different from what you don't want to sound like. But then based on that, with those themes, you can start grouping words together. You'll probably maybe see certain words or adjectives that'll come up, okay, group those together and then try and narrow it down to three to five adjectives to make it really concrete. And we talked there about when we, because we actually work together on my brand voice as well. And one of the coolest things was actually going through that process of who I don't want to sound like. And it ended up being this massive list of people and not just people, but different elements that I didn't want to come across and even in the probably the six months since it's been further refined as well and that's been a really cool process to dive into I know I've also seen it for a lot of people that I've worked with the ability to come back and tweak with time has actually been really impactful that was something as well that you mentioned within that workshop was you can change this And it was kind of really wild to almost have the permission to do that because you think, right, these are my guidelines. These are what I'm going to stick to forever. And in the end, it's like, wait, yes, this is your guidelines. But you can narrow that down. You can make that even stronger and you can take that further on your own as your business and your brand grows. And that's really cool. Yeah, and you should because you know, what you want to sound like now might not be what you want to sound like later, especially as an either one-person show or startup. You know, what I what I want to sound like now, maybe in five years I open my own agency. Well, potentially I want to sound a bit different then, and that's okay. The thing to be aware of is to go, you know, not go 360 and go from like, I want to be fun to only be serious and no jokes. I mean, I write with a lot of emojis and I make jokes in my content. 
it'd be weird if tomorrow suddenly all of my posts were very serious and had no more emojis. People would be like, oh, that's different. So if you do want to do a transition, make it gradual, experiment, see what people say and react. But for sure, like your brand, your brand voice should evolve with you as your target audience changes, as your brand like grows, your brand's value change. So it's not a, unfortunately, it's not a just set in stone, forget about it. Cool. You have it. It really is one of those things that grows with you. But if, and like you said, if you keep refining it, it keeps growing stronger because yeah, it takes some experiment. It takes some time. So at first, I don't remember what your brand characteristics were, but one of them might've felt like you were, you know, you wanted to come off as this way. And then you're like, well, actually I want to come off more specifically like this way. And now you're like, oh, but this is super clear. Now I know. So it's so, you know, that even makes it stronger. Along those lines, what was your experience once you found your brand voice? How do you feel like that helped you become the expert in your field and grow your personal brand as well? So I found my brand voice with the help of a coach as well. And I do, A, I remember for starters being like super surprised as to how easy it was because I feel like when you work in the agency world, it feels like, Oh, you know, like you have to go through five hour workshop and then we have to think about it and then we revise it. And then there's a, this, we consult the team. And here it was like, you know, I think we chatted about it. It wasn't even a very formal thing and we were done. It's like, cool. Like then these are what you want to come off as. So that was a, I loved how easy it was, but my experience was, yeah, that I, I really only started to embody it after a few months. Like at first I really was like, cause my brand voice is clear, fun, actionable, and practical especially with the the fun part and the, uh, the 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 practical part sometimes i felt like is it fun is it too fun am i losing the practicality now okay, how can you make and so i would kind of overthink it and and that's fine it's a journey but so it did take me a couple of weeks of really trying to think okay like is this fun or is this practical enough is there a clear takeaway here is this but does it still mesh in something that would make people smile before it was very clear okay yeah this is my way of writing it's a journey. It does just take the practice. So even once you're armed with it, you actually got to do it to kind of embody it. Having a clear brand voice has really helped me, I think, build my ex- expertise and also just my brand because now I know exactly how I want to come off. I know exactly what I'm good at and I know how to portray it. So people know who I am, what I do, absolute clarity, and it helps me show up and highlight my yeah, my services and my skill sets in a very, very clear way, which has given me a lot of confidence. And I think that's reflected back into my audience as well. And I think there's something so important about the embodiment of your brand voice traits, because if you aren't them, you aren't connected to them. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think going... Going back to what you said too of like, you know, a lot of brands that you start off with are often like, you know, deliberately open-ended. I would also caution there because I know that I work a lot with uh, B2B scale-ups, but then they're almost too open-ended. So it's like, yeah, okay, how do you want to come off as? I want to be the friendly neighbor that's like casual, but professional. I'm like, yes, you and every other startup on the block. So you know, it's, there's a difference between open-ended and we're still experimenting and open-ended, but it's so generic. So also being sure of like, it's okay to be bold from the beginning and being bold doesn't always have to mean the loudest in the room, doesn't always have to be the the most opinionated, but you can come in even as a, as a scale up being like, I want to be 
I want to be professional. I want to be fun. We want to make jokes. We also, however, want to be known for our facts. So we want to include a lot of statistics and, you know, our research. Like it doesn't have to, you can already come in with these big opinions and find a way of translating that into your brand voice. You don't have to stay generically open. Yeah, that's a big one. That's an absolutely big one. Love how you show up because it is so consistent. And it's like, even if your name, your profile pic, your, you know, headline wasn't attached to the post, I'd know it's you because of the way you write. And that is what you want too. That's what the brand voice is all about. It's all about that consistency. And it's like, wait, I know who this is literally based on everything. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. without anything and just pretty much the clean basic slate of the text. No, yeah. and that's great and to hear. That means I'm doing something right. <laughs> so that's yes, great to hear. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what you want. Now, I'm not going to ask you about what you think about mine. Because <laughs> it's a little bit messy and I know it. And again, that's just part of the growth process though. And I think I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the mess that mine is at the moment because I'm still finding my feet. Well, and I think even when you even when you came to me, you were also a bit all over. And so I don't know if it's yes. like all the term all over and messy is quite negative, but if there's a way of implementing that somehow into a positive for your brand voice and your and your even your branding, because you're that's kind of how you come off. Like your content has always been a all over is still the wrong word, but a bit ad hoc. And yeah, sometimes it, it doesn't stick to the routine that you're supposed to stick to, but that's what makes you, you. And so that's how I know, like, sometimes there'll be something a bit random or what you're reading. I'm like, Oh, Taylor adds a personal element. Um, so I, you know, finding a way of embedding that into your branding, I would say, because I feel like that's something <laughs> we've been talking about it for you and your branding for almost a year now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm chaos in a human form and we all know it. And chaos is a positive term too. I think it can be a really positive term. My business isn't run chaotically anymore. Can I just say, yes, my content is chaotic. But again, that's partly deliberate. Yeah. There's, yes, okay, there's a little bit of that messiness to it still, but deliberate chaos is part of it. Yeah, I mean, ideally, your voice is aligned with your target audience, with your visual yeah. identity, with your yes. expertise, with your what you want to be known for, with your industry, you know, so it's also that of like your brand voice should be aligned with all of those things. It's not a like standalone, I write this way. It's like, no, okay, I also know your visual identity. I recognize your form of visual. So that's how I also know that it's you. So there's also that that like goes hand in hand with the text. So what brands have you seen that do it really well? Um, I think my favorite brand ever is uh, Lush, <laughs> the cosmetic, the UK cosmetic company. But there, it's not just their brand voice; it's everything. Like their target audience, their con, the content that they write about, the the social issues that they write about, how they write about them, how they educate. I'm also a big fan of their actual products. So I think just everything there is so aligned and that shows the importance again of that alignment. So it's not just cool. They write well, it's like, no, but like the topics they choose. So they're not just commenting on any social topics. They comment on ones that match their brand values, their brand values, how they educate people. All of that to me is just, it's just lovely. So Lush, I think is probably one of my favorite ones. In terms of specifically brand voice, 
Um, I love the Morning Brew. It's a newsletter, um, their daily newsletter about business, yeah, what's happening in the world and business. Super short, and it's just, it's just Morning Brew. Like it's the way it's written. I think they probably, I mean, I assume they have multiple writers. They also have a podcast and whatnot. And I've never checked out the other channels, but I love their newsletter, and it's just always so them. It covers world news, but there's always they manage to slip in some sort of punch, some sort of joke. And they manage to keep it light and they really manage to somehow relate it back to your, you know, something about the timber, the fact that there was a timber shortage. Well, don't start your DOI project right away. Like they always manage to make it personal joke. So their brand voice is really, really good. That That's a, another one I would recommend. What do you think? What are some brands that stand out to you? One brand that actually really sticks to me though is Chanel. I didn't even, actually until I went in and talked to someone, you know, you can have your perceptions from the outside. And it wasn't until I walked in there, talked to the people, they embody that brand. Like they embody the brand so much. I was blown away by the lady who served me and just how they give and how they truly embodied that term as service and providing an experience, which when you really think of it, what's the first thing that you think of when you think of Coco Chanel? It is the experience of her fashion sense, of everything. So that was that was incredible. But to take it even further, it was like just the way they do makeup sense and everything like that. Like the backbone is that simplicity. Again, goes back to the black dress, the simple black dress. Yeah. Yeah. Is it was amazing to really go, holy shoot, this is how it all kind of comes together. And I was having a fangirl moment in the middle of the store. And I literally told her, I was like, look, I'm having a moment about branding right now. <laughs> yeah, that was one that's probably really, really stands out. Yeah, and that's that's overarching brand, and that shows the importance. Yeah, once again, your brand voice is not a standalone, especially if you're a company it should match the rest of your vision, your mission, your values. It shouldn't just be, we have our brand voice and we have a mission and now we like do sales. Ideally, it's all aligned. Or have you seen any examples where you've ever kind of raised your eyebrows because, well, that's interesting. You don't necessarily have to name a brand, but even just a situation where you've gone. I mean, when you say that, the first thing that came to mind, the typical example would be airlines, actually. You know, I mean, I think... (laughs) You know, like I think at least all the big ones, they all have like, oh, service is our motto or this or that. And then you try and contact customer service. They're the least unhelpful. They can't give you any form of clear answer. And the waiting time was three and a half hours. So you're like service, service shmervis. Um, But that's, yeah, (laughs) that's maybe not a specific example of brand voice. Uh, That's more just branding in general. But yeah, (laughs) airlines don't manage. That's apart from like the really, I think, right? There's Emirates that does that really well and whatnot, but your average airline, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, not good. Not good. But I think that's kind of the issue. And that's kind of quite the struggle for as your company, because I work with, with scale up. So there it's kind of easy to have your small team of 25 to 30 people embody it. But I I can imagine that it's very difficult when you're a team of 3000, 5000, when you're a global company, how do you keep that aspect of personality in 
while also, yeah, catering to the fact that you have worldwide audiences, different cultures, different target groups. Um, so making sure that you don't lose that special oomph, that special thing, that personality aspect when you're a big company, I think is almost a harder challenge because you're so big. I don't entirely know how big his companies are, so I could be completely off track here, but someone like Stephen Bartlett does really well at this. And it's really cool to even hear him talk about building his companies and really going, right, my biggest thing is keeping the essence of the brand all the way through. It doesn't matter what we do, everything has to be aligned to this essence and this main thing the agency i i used to work at um called depth agency yeah they're 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 about two three thousand people but yeah they have a very very clear yeah um a brand identity brand visual identity and tone of voice and they manage to still keep that personality aspect but it's tough it means branding projects are a lot more difficult it means onboarding is a lot more difficult but yeah it pays off because for a lot of people, depending on if you know the agency, you say Dept, you know who they are because they have managed to keep that branding aspect alive. But I think that's, I can imagine that's really difficult when you're, you know, really start to get really big. Heck, even going from one person to multiple people for myself, this is a challenge because even the people that I bring in, I have to make sure they're all aligned to my values. No. And I've made some dud hires in the past. I mean, it's a real dud highs and it's cost me my brand quite significantly. And it was really understanding that, wait, I need everyone that I work with to be 100% aligned to what I do or else. And making sure that everyone's aligned has actually seen growth tenfold. Well, well, that's, I mean, that's not quantifiable results right there that shows the importance internally as well of branding. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know a better example, really. (laughs) That's the other thing that I don't think we touched on earlier was that the internal confidence, the solidity you get from doing this work is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it makes it easier to, and especially once you align your branding also with like standard operating procedures it makes it easier to deliver a great onboarding experience it makes it easier to also outsource of like cool like you will be responsible for our brand social media this is how i want to come off great you see you know after a few practice rounds you're getting it so it makes it and it saves you time in the long run because you you know like that you don't have to make more edits you don't have to correct you don't have to have conversations you're really just like that trust level is higher you can delegate safely it just means that like yeah, less less time hassle and exchange for you as well as a founder, as a CEO or CMO. We kind of touched this on, on this earlier, but what's the process of making this happen for me? Right. I'm ready. I love this. I know it's time to step into it, but what does that process look like? Well, <laughs> I'm going to be biased here and say you can work with me. I offer a two-hour yes, workshop. Yes, yeah, me too. I say the same. I offer a two-hour <laughs> workshop. Um, so it's a live one-on-one session where first I'll ask you some questions before the workshop so we can get properly situated so you can reflect. And then together we'll go through... Um, some reflection, some what do you want to sound like, but we won't even just outline it after a bit. We're also going to then specifically define it so that you know exactly how you want to show up, what that means, what that doesn't mean. Um, and so so we yeah, 
we spend that time and you end up with a one page PDF, two page PDF, <laughs> which highlights, yeah, exactly the five, three to five adjectives you want to embody and how you're going to do it. And we're also going to edit one of your past posts together so that therefore you can apply it live and we can discuss together. Do you see how this was a bit not so fun or this was a bit not so um, serious or this wasn't properly researched, whatever? So that would be your first option, which, you know, I'm a bit biased. I'd highly recommend. Uh, but your second option is to go I'd through agree. the five <laughs> questions that I mentioned before and really take the time to reflect on each question. And then from there, outlining for yourself, you know, grouping those adjectives together and then defining for yourself. So doing it all manually for yourself and then experimenting because no matter what you should try it and you should see but it should be ideally aligned also with the branding you already have and your target audience so the i mentioned five questions earlier but do keep in mind what do you do who do you serve how do you want to show up when also defining those adjectives and then you just go through some reflection defining you do all that manually and then you just try it out and see what the world mm -hmm. thinks i think the experiment experimentation process is really fun because it takes time it's not something that just happens overnight right yeah. yeah it's a really fun process that you can play with and see like how people react and respond and that was almost for me anyway it was one of the coolest parts of the process was how people responding to this adaption and it was like, oh, my gosh, people are starting to react to posts rather than just liking it because everyone used to just like, blah, 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 blah. whereas then people are actually responding, people are getting different emotions from this. Okay, so how can I take that further? What can I put? I'm 100% biased on sending people to work with you too because, yeah, it really, it was a really awesome process to do. Yay. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> happy client. <laughs> well, and also, you know, the, the another thing is people know, they feel like they know who you are because you come off in a way that's also genuine and how you want to come off ideally. That's yes. just easier. People also feel like they know who you are. So I've had people in the DMs be like, oh, we've never chatted, but I feel like I know you because we've commented on each other's stuff. I've seen your posts. I've seen this. So like, I feel like I know who you are. So there's also already that little level of trust. So I'm not just a stranger now. I'm that person that has talked about blog writing and content strategy and freelancing for the past like months. Do you know what I really love though? Is bringing these brand voice elements into the visuals. If you had to ask me what my favorite part of the strategy visual connection is, it's the moment, okay, getting the vibes down, like really understanding and the feeling kind of words, like, like you're saying, connecting things to celebrities, sense, the in music, all those kind of little elements, and then bringing in the brand voice. It's like once you've got almost those two sets of things together, there is this magic process where the visuals just come to life. Have you seen many of your brand voices taken from the words of strategy to visuals and just gone, wow? Um, I've never worked with clients directly who then did it like first brand voice, then visuals. I've mainly worked with startups who have worked with me plus designers or agencies. Uh, so then we combined our expertise and for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it should complement each other. And 
even though the your visual identity is not solely based on your brand voice, yeah, if my brand voice is fun, it's a bit weird if potentially my visual colors are black and white. Maybe a bit of a contrast there. It's doable, but maybe a bit of a contrast there. Um, so for sure, I've seen it when like I've worked with a designer to help um, startups yeah, increase their brand awareness and just, for example, redo their website. And how the words can be accentuated, the visuals can accentuate the words and make the words come alive with the right design elements. It's amazing. And it can just elevate your message a thousand percent by pairing both together. We're out to my favorite part of the app, the rapid fire questions. I have three random questions for you. Let's do it. I want to start off with what's your favorite book? Favorite book is Picture of Dorian Gray. It's not for everybody, but it's the description and the word usage that they have there. Even though sometimes it is a bit long and a bit dry, the description and the words that they use is just so good. And oftentimes what they say is actually kind of a double innuendo. It's not at all what they mean. And so you really have to read between the lines, which is even more difficult in a book than on screen. But you can just like feel the sarcasm or the fakeness or the loveliness of a character come through. So I, I really love Picture of Dorian Gray just because of how it's written. I've heard a lot. And I think even you've mentioned it in passing before and it's definitely one of those things I have to add to the list. If you had to take one thing to an island with you, what would you take? I'm assuming I have food and water there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think. Um, that's a difficult one. My head is torn between either music or, yeah, my Kindle so that I can just keep reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how do you have your coffee? Cappuccino. Uh, I probably have a whole bunch of people dying uh, over me saying, yes, I drink my espresso with milk, but um, that is how I prefer it. I don't like black coffee. <laughs> I find that it's just too acidic. So, cappuccino. Definitely an acquired taste. It's just too much. But. Like, there it's like, I'm not trying to grow chest hair. I'm trying to enjoy this. <laughs> God, I love it. Oh, my goodness. But no, and I want to thank you for joining me. Thank you, and I hope you have an absolutely epic rest of your day. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat, and uh, I'm, I will wish you a happy summer. Happy sunny days. Yes, and happy winter. Happy winter. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs>